0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this Wednesday morning edition of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. It's a joy to be with you today. I say that every day and I mean it every day. I just love being here with you in the morning. Let's pray together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. In reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father, Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. All right, lots of new things on this, and they they, uh, they did some maintenance yesterday, and so I'm getting reacclimated to uh, to the mic and the desk. I, but you know what? That's good. That's good. It's good not to get too comfortable, right? It's good not to get too comfortable. Every now and then we should be, uh, you know, reevaluating. Is everything how it's supposed to be? Can you imagine if we didn't do an examination of conscience, if we just treated treated our spiritual life like we treat our house? Well, I, you know, I put that in the same place every time until the time you don't. And then you have no idea where you put it. Or, oh, yeah, my you know my desk is always the same every day until it isn't. And then you're like, wait a minute, what if, you know, I and I avoid that temptation all the time. Until you don't. And then you need to do that examination of conscience. I'll stop rambling here because we have a lot on the show today. We are going to be talking about Marian apparitions with Doug Barry. And then we've got three great homilies for you this morning. One on, uh, you know, how to resist demons and, and, and really thy will be done in Jesus. I trust in you are the, the key phrases from this. We have a homily on Saints Philip and James. And then we have a homily on shame. Yeah, you know, oh, that's a great way to start the morning. Now, let's talk about shame, you know, but actually we do. I, uh, when we were putting this one together, I listened to it the other day, and it's something I think we need to hear, and it's from Father Chad Rippiger. So that will be later in the show. Before all of that, though, of course, you know what we're going to do. We're going to go to Mike Roberts for today's Weather in the Saint of the Day.
1: Today is the feast day of the Apostles St. Philip and James. The town of Bethsaida was a special place. It's where Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. It is where he retired by boat to rest a while. And it is also where Jesus found and selected Peter, Andrew, and Philip, who then went and told his friend Nathaniel, we have found the one about whom Moses wrote in the law and also the prophets, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Though he recognizes Jesus immediately, Philip could not always wrap his mind around what Jesus was about to do. When he was going to feed 5,000 people, Jesus asks Philip where they can get bread, and Philip replies, 200 days' wages would not be enough for them to have just a little. Later, Jesus is almost frustrated when Thomas says they don't know where Jesus is going, and Philip says, Master, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus responds, have I been with you for so long a time, and still, you do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Though he didn't always understand, Philip did remain in faith, as did James the Lesser. Unfortunately, all we know about him is that he was one of the twelve Jesus handpicked to build the foundation of our faith. Saints Philip and James, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
0: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. This week, we're talking with Doug Barry here on Covenant Network about Marian apparitions of the last 100 years. And Doug, today's apparition is one I learned about from you. And all I will say right up front is pay attention. That is the number one thing I always come back to when we talk about Our Lady of Akita. Pay attention to what she has to say.
2: Yeah, Adam, again, great to be with you. I appreciate it. This is one of those apparitions that has connections and links to past apparitions. And, you know, you see this theme again, as I have mentioned already in the past, that Our Lady ties things together. She's really good at connecting dots and really expanding and kind of perpetuating that message of the urgent call for conversion. Urgent call. Now, emphasize that because Our Lady of Akita, Japan, in 1973, really does bring this out. You've got Sister Agnes Sasagawa, who begins to receive these messages. Now she has some health issues, those eventually are cured. She receives a stigmata in her hand. That's key to remember. It happens for a few weeks. I'll get back to that in just a moment. She begins to receive these messages from her Blessed Mother. And there's a statue in the convent where she is in Akita. And this statue, about three feet roughly tall, a wooden statue, is the image of Our Lady of All Nations, which we talked about recently from Edipurdeman in Amsterdam. Now, this image of Our Lady of All Nations, this statue, rather, begins to show miraculous signs. At the same time, Sister Agnes has the wound, the stigmata, in her hand in the shape of a cross. The statue also shows the stigmata, a bleeding wound from this wooden statue, in the opposite hand, and this goes on approximately the same time as Sister Agnes's. The statue also begins to perspire, and it begins to weep, and when they take a closer look at this, the perspiration smells like perfume, and Bishop Ito is all over this. He's paying close attention. He has the blood, the perspiration, and the tears tested. Now, he has it tested by at least three independent medical facilities, and all of them come back, and by the way, he does not tell them where it comes from they all come back and say these are human. So you've got this verification of a supernatural miracle happening through this wooden statue. But the messages, now to combine really the three predominant messages that she receives and the last one being given on October 13th. And I know the audience, many are familiar with that date. That is the anniversary of the miracle of the sun in Fatima back in 1917 where over 70,000 people see the sun spinning in the sky and darting back and forth, massive conversions happening instantaneously, we can only imagine. But fast forward to 1973, October 13th, the Blessed Mother says to Sister Agnes Sasagawa, and, and she is she tied this together with other messages prior to this, that we need to be deepening our prayer because God is very angry with mankind and is preparing a great chastisement for mankind. And she constantly emphasizes, as she does in all of her messages, the need to repent, urgent call for conversion to lessen the seriousness of the chastisement, and that's something we have to remember. We're not going to be escaping this. That's been made very clear, but we can mitigate the chaos by still striving for conversion. She states in here that the demon will be especially relentless, implacable, against consecrated souls, so pray very much for consecrated souls, and we've seen this in the church. She says that there will be bishops against bishops, cardinals against cardinals. She also states, though, that if man does not repent, fire will fall from the sky, and a great multitude of the world will be annihilated. The good will die with the evil, even priests will die. And those that are living after this happens will envy those that have died. And she goes on with a few more points to that, but that really sums it up. She talks about how this will be so devastating, worse than the great deluge, And at the end of that statement, and this is the October 13th message, she says, the cause of my great sadness is the loss of so many souls. Now, this is a key thing, because in the world right now, Adam, we see all this happening. Really, in essence, the only thing we haven't seen of these messages and these prophecies is the fire falling from the sky. And what does that mean? No one knows exactly. Is it nuclear war for the world? It could be something from the universe, the the sun, whatever. God can do whatever he wants. But the warning is clear, many are going to suffer, many are going to lose their lives, and the cause of her great sadness is the loss of so many souls. And I'll say this last point, Adam, before I finish this up, and that is this, and we could talk forever about Akita, but that is this, when statues of the Blessed Mother weep, this is not just some amazing phenomenon that we should go, oh, this is incredible, let's travel there and see it, let's have scientists study it. When God has statues weep, It's a clear message that things are not good in this area that he's emphasizing. And right now we're talking about spiritual deprivation, immorality. Those listening right now, those who are in this audience on board with understanding the need to respond to God, I cannot emphasize enough. Our Lady says over and over again, repent, convert, and pray that rosary. Not when you feel like it, you need to do it. You need to be a warrior. You need to get after it right away. Doug, it really strikes me how when we started the week talking about
0: Fatima, you made mention that in each of the apparitions, the children never saw the Blessed Mother smiling. And I think about my own wife, and she's a mother as well, that there are times she's very stern because she knows what the children need to do. And then if they continue to ignore her and continue to ignore her there will come a point where she will start to cry Mm. because she knows it's going to be very unpleasant for them. And that doesn't even compare Mm. to what the Blessed Mother is talking about. That's a temporal thing about cleaning your room or cleaning up the house. This is about our very souls and whether we're going to go to heaven or whether we're going to go to hell. And without that conversion, well, I can tell you right now, if you don't convert, I know where we're probably going to go.
2: Yeah. It's a really rough message when you really dig into it and look at it. And, and I've been talking about this for 30, well, I mean, in my ministry, 32 years, I've been doing my work. But before that, even when I was doing just local CCD teaching, talking about Fatima in years past, I would talk about these things. You know, you look at these things, wow, this sounds really serious. Yeah, we're seeing things get bad. Now it's different. Adam, you know, it's very different with the world events. I say a new shoe can drop at any moment, any day, now it's food shortages and fuel shortages, and the possibility of power blackouts this summer in the Midwest and other parts, and potential World War III, and and all of this escalation and the corruption of this group and that group and these people in charge of this and that, whether it's in government or, or other institutions in the world. This is at a different level now, and then you bring in. AI type talk and all the manipulation that they want to do to the human body and transhumanism and all these subjects that are out there that we're spinning around thinking, what in the world is going on? But Our Lady has warned us through all of this. And I want to encourage people because I know it can be overwhelming. I've been doing this for years and I can get overwhelmed too. Remember her promises. If you cling to her, especially through the rosary, she will be there. And even in the trial and the most difficult moments, okay, of sickness and, and persecution, The grace will be available if we are wise enough to open our hearts to that grace through prayer, sacraments, and especially the powerful weapon of the rosary, which she herself sent by her son, okay, has said to the world repeatedly is a critical piece of everything that we're going through right now. Pray that
0: rosary. I can't think of a better way to end our time together now than by saying that exact same thing. Pray that rosary. Doug Barry, thank you so much.
2: Thanks, Adam. Good to be with you again.
3: Prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the apostles by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in this same spirit to be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: Our Catequist question. In the apparitions at Fatima, how many times did the Blessed Mother appear? How many times did the Blessed Mother appear? She appeared six times. There were six apparitions, and the miracle of the sun on October 13th was one of those things that she told them to watch for. But And, and we get fixated on that, the miracle of the sun. I bet it was amazing, and it is the most widely seen public miracle Uh, That I know of, you know, I believe that we know more people witness that than I think have witnessed any other miracle. But what's the big takeaway I have for you out of those six apparitions? Pray the rosary, pray the rosary, pray the rosary, pray the rosary. We cannot say it enough here on Roadmap to Heaven. Let's get you another check of the weather and our daily dose of encouragement.
3: Prayer before a crucifix. Good and sweetest Jesus, before thy face I humbly kneel. And with the greatest fervor of spirit, I pray and beseech thee to fix deep in my heart lively sentiments of faith, hope, and charity, true sorrow for my sins, and a firm purpose of amendment, while I consider thy five most precious wounds, having before my eyes the words of David the prophet concerning thee, my Jesus, they have pierced my hands and my feet, they have numbered all my bones."
0: This week on The Daily Dose of Encouragement, we have looked at Our Lady of in Germany, and we have looked at Our Lady of Akita in Japan. And Patty Schneier today is going to take a look at another title of The Blessed Mother with us on this Wednesday. Patty, I can't wait to find out what's in store
3: today.
4: Well, I hope that this is increasing your knowledge of our Catholic faith and our devotion to Our Blessed Mother and realizing that she has appeared, revealed herself to her children all throughout history in many, many different cultures. And we all know the big ones— but I kind of thought it was nice during this week that we should take a look at some of the ones that are lesser known. Now, this one may be known to a lot of people, but maybe not to all. Our Lady of Czestochowa, And I had to learn how to spell this one. But this is the most cherished shrine of the Polish people for over 600 years. It's at the Jasna Gora. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. My Polish is probably not right. But the Jasna Gora Monastery in Czestochowa. And it's been home to the revered icon, another black Madonna image, since it was brought there in the 1300s. But the history of this icon goes back to St. Luke. It is believed that he actually painted it during Mary's lifetime. And then it was brought to the Polish people all throughout history, many different battles and all that. But it ended up in Poland. Now... The interesting thing about this image for me is that the image isn't without its scars. This is an image that has scars from countless invaders who have tried to destroy her and destroy Poland. In destroying Poland they always wanted to get the image and try to destroy it. A Tartar arrow struck it in the Middle Ages, leaving a mark on the virgin's throat, and in 1430, Hussites stole it and vandalized it. And not only did they break the whole thing into pieces, but one of the robbers took out his sword and left two gashes on her face so these are again incredible stories but these three scars the one on the throat and the two on the cheeks believe it or not have been repaired repeatedly and every time they reappear i thought that was interesting that's one of the many miracles associated with our lady of chastakova in the atheistic years after World War II, when the Soviets were enforcing communism of Poland, the government could not stop pilgrimages to Our Lady of Czestakova. Every year, from the celebration of the Assumption to August 26th, the Feast of Our Lady of Czestakova, millions of Poles make pilgrimages by foot to venerate this image that they believe has protected and preserved their people and their culture. And that's why there's this huge banner on the grounds of the monastery that says, Here... The heart of the nation beats. Now, one final fact that I found very, very interesting. In recent years, Our Lady of Chastakova has been chosen as the fitting patroness for post-abortive women. Why? Because the scars on Mary's face are similar to the wounds of abortion. And though the wounds are a part of her story, they can be healed through time, okay? They can be healed, those wounds. So what does Our Lady of Chestakova have to do with us today? Well, we all have scars. We all have scars. Give Our Lady your scars and feel her maternal protection and ask for her intercession. So Our Lady of Chestakova, pray for us.
0: Another beautiful title of the Blessed Mother and another beautiful image for us to contemplate today. I think we all could go online and find images of the Blessed Mother under these titles to meditate upon sometime today or this month of May as we devote our attention to the Blessed Mother. A reminder for all of the men in the St. Louis metro area that t- this evening at Saints Joachim and Anne out in St. Charles, they have the E5 Men's Holy Hours. Deacon Philip John Uro was on the show with us Monday to talk about E5 Men—men men who commit to a day of fasting on nothing but bread and water for their spouse. And uh, you know, whether that bride is your wife, whether that spouse, that bride is the church. If you're a priest, uh, for us. Young men who are single, they might be fasting for their future spouse, uh, but there's a holy hour tonight, 7 o'clock at Saints Joe and in for you. It's also a good reminder for us to do fasting um, as part of our regular prayer discipline, not just during the season of Lent, but all through the year. Fasting for different intentions, fasting for any number of prayer intentions. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Corey Grizzle is going to be with us on the show tomorrow, so tune in. For that, it's always a good time when Corey stops by, and we'll also continue talking about Marian apparitions, both with Doug Berry and with Patty Schneier. So, all of that tomorrow. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. I do want to let you know we're going to have a special Roadmap on the Road broadcast from the Diocese of Peoria on Monday afternoon. From 3.30 to 4.30, we'll be broadcasting from the Fulton Sheen Museum on the occasion of his 128th birthday. So tune in for that next Monday. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.